Good morning. Am I on? I'm on. That's good. Thank you, Jenny. Love that. Really good to be here. And my name's Russ, just in case you didn't know. And, uh, and I've been invited to speak here, which is really nice. So thank you for the invitation. Um, and um, I bring love and greetings from all the way from Bournemouth and Southbourne. So Citygate Church is, is where I get the privilege to lead and uh, we're a multi-site church too. I can say that now with you guys. Uh, and um, yeah, love coming up from there to you guys. And uh, it's really good to be here. My wife couldn't be here uh, this morning. She would have loved to have been. Um, she is working as an occupational therapist in the hospital. And uh, yeah, it's not a great place to be really. Any health workers in the room? Couple, yeah, ex, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so you can think of her this morning. She would have loved to have been here too. Um, I've got wind. <laughs> I've also now got your attention. I've got wind <laughs> of the fact that you guys here, New Life Community Church, Fordingbridge, are being so faithful to God. You are doing so well. Uh, the taking on of Wimborne, for example, and I know that there's thoughts about Downton or maybe more than thoughts and groups in Downton and I just want to say, well done. I want to say that I've got wind of the fact that God is with you and that you are on a mission. Um, I've also got wind <laughs> to impart to you yes, today the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's a fresh wind for you guys. It's a fresh wind for fresh fruit. And that's the title of my message this morning. I don't know if you've ever been out and about. Uh, for me, it's always on the seafront. Do you, some of you must walk the promenade, sometimes you're not. Oh, well, God's obviously saying we don't need notes this morning. <laughs> um, you, you obviously, you've walked like I have, or maybe you've cycled, or maybe you've ran, and you know the difference, don't you? I do, between running against the wind and running with the wind. I mean, one way you feel like you're up a incline because there's just the wind is in your face and you think what is going on I'm, I'm gonna just turn around and go home the other way you feel like you could go and go sometimes you don't even realize how fast you're going particularly if you're on a bike you just <laughs> you just uh, you're just going because the wind is behind you and I feel that you guys have got the wind at your back it's the wind of the Holy Spirit and it's a fresh wind for fresh fruit. I was just, this is kind of, there's a bit of prophetic in here. It's, there's a lot of scripture actually. I'm going to bounce around a little bit, um, but I hope it ties together. I won't be going into all of these passages um, like contextually and all, you know, in a great way, because that's not the kind of message that this is in some ways, although I'll try and do my best. I felt God's encouragement from you, for you from Isaiah 40. And um, it's, the pandemic's been tough, hasn't it? All of that. And uh, taking on a site is, is no easy business. 
And I, and I wanted to encourage you with, with these, these words. This is Isaiah 40. The, the, I, he's speaking into the future, okay? He's a prophet. And he's, he's prophesying that there is going to be this, the, the, the fall of Jerusalem, the exile of Israel. They're going to come out of that place. They're going to get smashed to smithereens by the Babylonians and the Assyrians. And he comes in Isaiah 40 to bring hope. And this is a word of hope for the people of Israel. Now, you're not in that place. You're actually in a good place. But I feel this same word for you applies. And it says this. It says, do you not know? Reading from verse 28. Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Let's just get God high, shall we, for a moment. He is the everlasting God. He is the God of the Alpha and the Omega. He was before anything was here in this place. He is outside of time. He is the God of every generation. He's the everlasting God. The creator. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. Everything that we see, he has created it. He will not grow tired and weary. Do you like that? I love that. I grow tired. (laughs) I get weary. I know you do as well. Some of you are probably tired and weary, particularly in perhaps in the leadership sense here, um, carrying, you know, this church, carrying another church, absorbing that. He does not get tired or weary. He's always working. Did you know that? Even when we can't see it, even when we don't know it, he's working. He's always working. When we're not working, guess what? God's working. He's building his church. He will not grow tired or worry. His understanding, no one can fathom. It's amazing. His wisdom is unbelievable, isn't it? And then he, here it is. Here's the hope. He gives strength to the weary. There is strength coming to you if you're feeling weary this morning. And he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men, like Paul and Dale and Cain. Cain. (laughs) Young men, even these guys are going to grow tired and weary they may stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Guess what? They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know those words. They're incredible words, and they're just an encouragement for you this morning. I want to go back to those who hope in the Lord, those who wait on the Lord. This is a key to not growing weary, to finding this fresh wind. It's a key. And it talks about remaining or abiding. And this is a verse I've been living with this year, John 15. If you remain in me, Jesus says, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Later on it says, you'll bear fruit that will last. Lasting fruit is a great thing, isn't it? And I want to see that. I want to see it in my life and I want to see it in your life. And I'd love to see it in the life of this 
community. See, God calls you to fruitfulness. There's pruning, yes, and I believe there's been some pruning. There might be some more to come. Pruning that strips away everything that would hinder us from running the race that he has set out for us. What does remaining look like? It looks like slowing down. It looks like taking time aside. It looks like meditating on his word. Not just reading it. It looks like listening to him, not just talking to him. And as we do this, we are changed from the inside out. He gives us strength for the impossible. Did you get that? They will soar on wings like eagles. That's not normal for humans. I don't know when the last time you soar on wings like eagles That's not normal for humans. But he gives us strength for the impossible, that we can run and not grow weary. Internally, he changes. It's called fruits of the spirit, character formation, love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Some other ones that I've missed out. Faithfulness. These are internally, and as we are with him, we get changed on the inside. But there is also an outworking, there's an external outworking of our internal change. What God does in us, he loves to do through us to others. And this external change is a love for others. It's... um, As we spend time with Jesus, we realise how much he loves us and then we get increased compassion and love for others. And when I'm talking about fruit here, there's all sorts of fruit. There's ministry fruit, there's mission fruit, there's internal character fruit. I want you guys to be thinking and expecting for new birth, salvation, fruit. Would you like to see that here? Would you like to see that in your friends, colleagues, neighbours? People who don't yet know Jesus coming to faith in him. That's the fruit I'm talking about here. And I look around and I think, how fruitful can we be? I sometimes think, how fruitful am I? You know, I'm leading a church, but am I seeing the kind of fruit that lasts? The kind of fruit that produces fruit, a hundredfold, 60, 80, a hundredfold fruit. I look at you, I look at my own congregation sometimes, and I think, are these ones living, even? Are these, can these people be fruitful? I'm believing God for greater fruitfulness. And in order to soar in this whole area, we need a fresh wind. We need fresh wind. And so I started thinking about this wind. (laughs) I'm going to get ribbed for this, I can tell. Uh, And I went straight to Ezekiel with the dry bones. All right, you'll know this passage again. It's another uh, Old Testament prophet. His name is Ezekiel in chapter 37. Um, 
he's, uh, he's actually prophesying in the middle of the exile now. Um, and in that passage, you see God take him uh, into this valley. Um, and you can read, I'm not going to read the whole passage, you might, be able to, you might want to read it later. And you can read how God took Ezekiel into this vision. And in the vision, he said, he, he led me back and forth through the dry bones. Like, like he could have taken him up to the high mountain and looked down in the valley. He'd probably have got a better view of the bones, right? But no, God wanted him to walk through the bones. He wanted him to see it for himself. I wonder when was the last time you looked in the, in the town of Fallingbridge, for example, and, and just felt God's heart for the, the dry bones in that place. People with no life in them. They think they're living, but they're not. And then God brings essentially three words to Ezekiel. He, he brings a word to bring these dead bones to life. Death to life. That's what happens when people get saved. And then he, he brings a, a word, he says, prophesy to those bones. They kind of resurrect. There's a rattle. The bones come together. The joints, uh, join tendons are formed. There's an uprightedness now of those bones if they've come together. And then God says to Ezekiel, prophesy breath. Here's the wind into the bones that they might live. So Ezekiel prophesies the breath. He says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain ones that they might live. Breath entered them. They came to life and they stood up on their feet. A vast army. Do you know what? You're an army in here. Empowered by the spirit of life. Brought out of death by the resurrection life of Jesus onto your feet as an army of God. I believe some of you will be feeling dry and will need a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit this morning. <laughs> some of you are going to get breathed on in a special way. You're living, you're already born again, but there's a special breath coming on you that is going to transform you and the people around you. And then this whole thing is about bringing God's people back into a purpose, back into the reason that they were, they were there in the, in the first place, the Israelites, to be a witness, to be a light, to be a hope for the other nations around them, right? And they were to be reinstated in this way, which we can see comes through in the vision later and in the prophetic being uh, brought into place. Jesus, the first thing he did when he was resurrected from the dead was to breathe life into his disciples. You'll know about Pentecost, Acts 2, where it sounds a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. <laughs> it transformed the people who were there. The same wind throughout history 
working in people for the glory of God and for the sake of his kingdom. And I think of that wind working out in people's lives and I want to give you some examples through Acts because I think it helps us to see what we could do. Peter and John, Acts 4, they just healed a crippled beggar outside the temple gate. They all knew the crippled beggar. They knew that he was a cripple. But suddenly he was standing upright next to Peter and John because they had prayed for him. Remember, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, what I, have I give you. And they prayed for him and he'd got healed there and then and a massive kerfuffle basically in that place and the Sanhedrin and the authorities didn't like it. And Peter began to preach the gospel on the back of it. And then the, the onlookers, the, the Sanhedrin said this, they said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men. I love that. Do you love that? It says they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. There's the abiding. There's the waiting. There's the meditating. There's the God I need you today. (laughs) Open my eyes to the opportunities that are before me. Unschooled, ordinary men. Do you know what the Greek is for that little phrase? And I'm no Greek scholar, okay, so this is not normal for me. A grammatos, unschooled. Idiotes, (laughs) ordinary. Idiotes. Now I'm no Greek expert, But I think the translators have been generous there. (laughs) Idiots, essentially. Ignoramuses. Unschooled, ordinary. Take some encouragement from that. Because I do. (laughs) Where had they been, Peter and John? Not to the gym get big and physically strong not to the bank to get money silver and gold I do not have not even dare I say it to Bible college at this point although they had spent three years with the best teacher ever where had they been they'd been with Jesus are you with Jesus I know you are, but I also am asking, are you with Jesus? Daily, minute by minute. What about Barnabas and Saul later on, Acts 13, in the church? They were worshipping, they were praying, they were fasting. That sounds a bit like being with Jesus, doesn't it? And what happened, as they were praying and worshipping, the the prophetic came. Something extraordinary came and said, you've got to send these guys out and on because they're for the mission, for the future, for another place, 
for opportunity for the gospel to be spread. The word came, guess what? They sent them out. Saul becoming Paul and Barnabas going, set apart for the work that God had called them and obediently they followed. There's many more uh, people you could talk about. You could talk about the men full of the Holy Spirit in Acts 6. We don't know all their names necessarily. We could talk about Cornelius in Acts 10 and Peter both having visions of God. Cornelius, it says, was a God-fearing man who spent time praying regularly. I love the little details in the Bible. He prayed to God regularly. And because of him praying and Peter also being with God, they had this vision and they came together, they collided, and basically the whole household of Cornelius and all of his mates, because he'd invited them there, got filled with the Holy Spirit. What about Lydia? She was a dealer. Not that kind of dealer. All right, she was a dealer in purple cloth. But because of her business, she supported the mission in finance. Equally important. What about Priscilla and Aquila? Older couple, gifted, been there, done that. What did they do? They opened their home. They had a church in their home, it seems, in the early days. Most of the people are not mentioned. We will never get mentioned in the Bible, but God loves to partner with you and with me to extend his kingdom, to give us a fresh impartation of his Holy Spirit that we might see his gospel go forth, that we might have the opportunity to preach the good news of his word with others so that they too can come to faith. As for Peter, as for Johnny, as for Corny or Lydia or Barney or Saul, so for us. We need a fresh wind. Ordinary (laughs) idiotes, men and women, ordinary men and women in the hands of an extraordinary supernatural God can do great things for him. Can they, yes? Yes. I love that God uses our weakness to make his power perfect in us so that we can boast all the more in our idiotes ordinariness so that Christ's power might rest on us so that we might bring about a harvest of life from death and lasting soul fruit that will go on for eternity okay let's get practical two things two common themes in all of these things right and i've i've already hit them loads i was just like an underlining now as we kind of come to the the final but the first thing is is compelling prayer it's abiding but i've just called it compelling prayer in this instance, it's extraordinary prayer. It's, it's not just the prayer that when you're in trouble, you send up. That's good. It's a great prayer. God honours those prayers. But this is the prayer where you go to God in your weakness <laughs> and you come out 
with a fresh sense of faith and expectation that you are a child of God, that he could use you, that you could enlarge his kingdom, and that you too could make a difference in this world. I would encourage you, New Life Community Church, start praying for your friends and neighbours and colleagues. Start petitioning God for them. I went through the whole of August. I set myself this little challenge. I knew that we had some invitational stuff coming up in September and uh, all through this term, actually, at Citygate. And I was like, God, I, 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 I'm dry. I, I feel like I, I need you. But, and, I, and I just got on my knees. And I started praying. I prayed for my friends. I tried to do it every day through August. I can't say that I hit it. But I prayed an awful lot more. Probably 80% of every day of August, I was praying for three to five friends that I just want to see God impact and change. See, no one gets away from this extraordinary prayer. They'd all been with Jesus. Jesus himself had to go through this before he started his ministry, this extraordinary prayer in the desert, he had to do it <laughs> with fasting, 40 days. Don't start there, all right? Start here, which is just coming aside every day, abiding. And then don't just come aside and forget all about what you did at 7 a.m. this morning. Look for God opportunities wherever you go because he's gone before you. What's God saying to you? Begin to listen to him in a new way. Who is God putting on your heart? And the second thing is courageous action. So it starts in the place of prayer and abiding and it moves into action. In all of these stories, there's a step of faith. There's a step over the line where you take what God said and you put it into practice. There's a step into the adventure. There's a step into hearing God and then putting it into action. What's God saying? Sometimes we can hear God we rarely act on his word. Maybe it's praying for healing, for someone to get healed. Maybe it's a, a, a new gift or a dormant gift that you've used in the past and no longer using. I had a picture actually for someone in here today of hospitality. You, you, in the past, you've opened your home. And that through the pandemic and other stuff and maybe some circumstantial stuff, it's like, it's like a shop sign that's got closed on it. It's, your, your home is closed. <laughs> your home is, is, used to be open and now it's, it's closed. And people who used to come into your home are looking on this like a shop and they're thinking, I wonder what's happened in there. And I believe God would say to you this morning, it's time to, um, time to turn that sign around time to open your home again. 
And as you open your home, won't you see that I will open your heart and I will open hearts who come into your home to you and to your message. Okay? That's for someone. It might be more than one. Maybe it's a leadership thing that you're wondering about stepping into or not. Maybe it's a new ministry. Maybe it's a a ministry to others um, in the town, for example. Whatever it is, act on it and see what the Father will do with you. Do you know what? In this day and age, the good news of Jesus Christ has never sounded better. There are people everywhere in fear, in difficulty, in despair and darkness. They are dry bones. And God is prophesying to his people in a sense and saying, breathe on them. I've given you the breath. Now you give it to them. Give them life. And life to the full. One quick story before I finish. I've got no idea how I'm doing with time, so it's kind of thrown me a bit starting early. <laughs> I was waiting for at least five or six songs. <laughs> About a month ago, four weeks ago, I'd been praying for my friends and just opportunities and just asking God and saying, look, I'm just going to put myself in the way of you, God, and then hopefully in the way of some other people. And I'd done a football run. I brought my boy, uh, took him to football, brought him home. It was tea time, because that's what it is, about that time. And I knew that my dinner would be on the table, right? As I got out of the car, I saw a guy sat across the road on, there's a flats across my, my street, um, and there's some steps. He was sat on the, on the steps. And I just got a little nudge to say, go and speak to him, right? So I was hungry. I just wanted to go in and have dinner, really. So I went across the road and I said, hi. (laughs) I said, hi, my name's Russ. He said, oh, my name's Paul. And I said, oh, good to meet you, Paul. Uh, How long have you been on the street? Like, you know, we're literally opposite neighbours. He said, 20 years. It's the first time I've met him. And I said, Paul, it's really nice to meet you. I feel a bit embarrassed now that we've not met before. And he said, don't worry about that, don't worry about that. Anyway, we started talking, we started talking. He said, what do you do? Which is always interesting. You don't know which way it's going to go. I said, I lead a church. And he said, I've never met a genuine religious person. And I was saying, well, you probably haven't yet met one then because I'm not a religious person and I had a conversation with it. It turned spiritual really quickly. It turns out he'd read a bit of the Bible. I just was like, we were having a really good conversation. Then my wife poked her head out of the door. She said, Russ, Russ, your dinner's ready. Your dinner's ready. Come on, come on. I was like, just be quiet. Like I'm having a really good conversation here. 
I felt like saying, um, you remember that, that passage in John 4 where uh, there's Jesus at the well with the, the Samaritan woman and the, the, the disciples have gone off to get food, right? And they come back and they say, surely you need to eat something, Jesus. And Jesus was like, my will is to do the Father's work. <laughs> my food is something that you know nothing about. But I didn't say that, all right? Because that would have been completely inappropriate and very, very religious. Um, so anyway, I managed to sort of tell my, tell my wife to go inside and, and, and we carried on this conversation and then I, I went in and had my dinner and I was like, oh, it's so nice. It just, I just felt alive again. I felt alive because I'd had a conversation that involved the gospel and Jesus and it was just a very small thing and I'm convinced it happened because I'd started to put myself aside with God and say, I want to I make a difference here. So all it was. It's very simple. Anyway, a couple of weeks went by. We've just had an alpha um, launch event with a guy coming in, doing his story, etc. And I took him an invitation and I didn't think he'd come. It's literally the second time I'd spoke to him and I'm inviting him to church. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. He said, I'd love to be there. And he came just last Thursday night to our event. Who knows what will happen? But that's not the point, is it? It's about being obedient what God's put on my heart and to be salty and light wherever we are, wherever we go. God wants to bring a fresh wind for you guys this morning, for this season. Some of you, um, he's going to release, <laughs> you, you, you know, that whole thing about we're all called to be a witness. And some of us are just going to get a unique ability to share who we are with others. There's fear that's just going to drop off some of you this morning. The fear of opening your mouth and telling it like it really is. I believe God wants to rip off us <laughs> to open our hearts again and to change us from the inside out so that we might have a different outlook on our lives and be ready to give the hope that we have, that our bones are no longer dead, but are living. And we have the breath of life in us to be able to give to those around us. Should we stand? I don't quite know what to do now, but... I'm going to pray for us and I think we're going to worship. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Firstly, if you are feeling weary in this place. In many ways, this was the last message you wanted to hear today. <laughs> Not another encouragement to, to go and do the stuff because you're already spent. If that's you, just reach out your hands to him. He's here. There will be a number of you. There always is 
in a group of people like this because life can be tough, right? <laughs> but God is with you. The everlasting God, the creator, he's with you. The one who does not grow tired is here <laughs> to bring you strength. To the weary, he brings strength right now. Breathe in the strength of your God by the power of your Holy Spirit. He is enough for the both of you. He's enough. Breathe him in. It's the Holy Spirit. You feel weak? We are weak. <laughs> There's a reality of our frailty and weakness. But He brings power. He brings power and courage and faith <laughs> they're gifts from on high numbers of you I can see you just hungry <laughs> for a touch of God your bones feel dry Your walk with God feels dry. You thought this was going to be an adventure and it's turned out to be nothing more than a struggle. God's just bringing the wind. And he says, I'll do it in my strength, not yours. As you depend on me, you will walk and not grow weary. Some of you from this point are going to break into a run and not grow tired. You're going to have a season of strength. And sometimes it's not that the situation has changed, it's just that your perspective has changed. <laughs> and you've seen God as bigger. And you've realised that you've not been depending on Him for strength. And it's just coming to you now, a fresh life <laughs> in Christ. Jesus. He's here. He's here. He's here. <laughs> He's just bringing his love now. He's bringing his love 
to you. He's bringing his life to you. bodies here. There's some dry bones here physically and literally. Sick bodies. <laughs> Bring healing Lord Jesus. Bring healing Lord Jesus. Bring the wind in and uh, restore brokenness. Restore arthritic joints. Maybe even cancerous bones. Lord Jesus, give us faith for healing. A new day of seeing the miracles and the supernatural power of God working in and through our lives. Some of you are just grabbing hold of that gift right now. The gift of miracles. How about it? Who wants it? Yes. <laughs> it's a biblical thing, man. The supernatural Come and bring healing, Lord. And now, Jesus. <laughs> this is probably quick to be moving on, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Give us a fresh wind for the lost, Lord Jesus. For the broken and the downtrodden. Lord, we think we're in a difficult place sometimes. <laughs> We've got you. They've got no one. No one stronger than themselves anyway. Lord, break our hearts. Even now, give us names, Lord, that you've put in on our hearts, that you want to see us pray for, connect with, make time for, and speak of your truth too. Come Holy Spirit. Father, we, we thank you <laughs> that this is all about you. Really. You've done it in us. You call us to come to you again and again and again and again in our weakness. You give us strength and grace and make your power complete in our weakness. And then you give us courage to put it into practice and to live out this amazing life that you have got for us. Lord, let the wind blow here in Fordingbridge. Let it, let, it, let it blow strong. And let it blow beautifully through your people, through your church, and through this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes. Amen. Yes, yes. Lord.